in defense of Bethesda. And Fallout 76 going free to play. Hello and welcome to Triangle Square Day PlayStation Podcast. I'm your host, Brett, back and alongside me, Mr. Saw Bridges, bringing you guys lucky episode 95, right? Yeah, 96? You're, you're right, okay. 95. Those reader mails being more often now is going to start it's, messing it's with our number. me off, yeah. But I think we'll be okay. If you have never joined us before, we are, like we said, Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. So we are PlayStation focused, but we talk about a little bit of everything uh, and how it pertains to the gaming industry and PlayStation as a whole. You can find us every Monday at 10 a.m. PST and 12 p.m. CST in video format on YouTube. If you like what we're doing over there, subscribe, hit the bell notification, let you know when our videos come out. Like we said, every Monday and then every other Friday, we'll have our reader mail starting and along other things that we are working on, but those aren't quite ready to be discussed in whole. If you are on YouTube and you like what we're talking about here, give us your thoughts on the, the, the subjects that we talk about. We'll say that again at the end just to be a little reminder. But we love to hear people's thoughts and what they think about it. World Dan is real good at giving his thoughts on things, and they tend to be pretty interesting and offer insight of where I was wrong because one thing that happens in a show like this, we don't actively look up information most of the time. Uh, so there will be times that I'm wrong or recall something wrong, so it's good that uh, have people sometimes make me a little more accountable, which is good if you want to listen to us in Audio format only, you can find us on podcast services, be it iTunes, uh, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts. If you have i if you have an iPhone, you can do it, obviously, in a number of places. Spotify as well. Or if you have Android, you can find us there. Or if you like to listen on computer, you can find us just on SoundCloud or any other podcast service. If you want to keep up with us on social media, we are on Twitter at Triangle SQRD. Uh, and you can also find us on Facebook at Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. That's a group. If you ask to be joined, we will gladly pull you in there. That is where we ask both of those places or where we ask our reader mail or post our reader mail submissions uh, and have you ask us questions. Questions that will be answered on our bi-weekly reader mail as it's going now um, since we have removed it from the show. If you want to keep up with us day to day, moment to moment, as much as possible, you can join the Discord, which is in a link in the description below. And lastly, if you would like to support us on Patreon, we're doing some changes over there. But right now you can get custom cases at the $5 tier every quarter. So if you've been with us an entire quarter of the year, that's January, April, uh, August, you know, or July, I guess. I don't really know. Anyway. You can get cases over there, uh, cool custom cases that we post. I have a new one that I'm working on. It's going to be posted next week or actually probably the day after this goes live. So I have time to finish that up. And also, I guess I'll throw in there lastly, if you listen to us on iTunes because of the way their rating system works, consider giving us a rating. It lets people find us a little easier, lets us know what we're doing well with the show. Uh, and of course, it just makes us, you know, uh, a, a little more visible for people who have yet to discover the show and join us. Um, so with that being said, I think we can move on into the show. Saul, what have you been playing? The same two games I was playing last week. Okay, so Destiny Divinity 2 and Destiny. Divinity 2. So that's really it. That's not even a surprise, really, because I've... You've been playing the same stuff, too? <laughs> I'm trying to think if I played anything different. I don't think I did. Because Iconoclast, Destiny, Destiny 2, and Assassin's Creed. Hmm played a little bit of terraria if i'm remembering my timeline right with donovan uh which is still a fun game i mean even though i platinum it they just continue to do more and that game's been updated so much since i've platinumed it that i can't even imagine trying to get the platinum out <laughs> because that's just how it happens it, it's so weird to me that that game has a moving platinum goalpost just like we saw with destiny i feel like that's weird i don't think updates so now i'm further away from getting the platinum exactly that's 
That's dumb. Uh, actually, because of the trophies you have, maybe not. I can't remember the trophies you have left. I need the rainbow slime, and I need all pets. All pets might be give, might give you a problem. I know because they probably added new pets. I'm pretty sure. No game should have no game should have that. And see what it should come down to is I don't feel like the trophy requirements should change as the game changes because it just nope they should have a they should have a value assigned to that trophy and that value should not change if the yeah, value if, is raised in the game yeah if you meet that criteria the original criteria then you're done so yep. if it's all pets whatever pets were in the game at the time that trophy was launched see but I guess I get the idea a little bit and I'm not really justifying it as much as I understand well, think that of, think of at launch the, it was a far easier platinum think of all the people that are now. gods for these games. And how often they have to be changed just to make think, sure that you keep who, up with who it. But who really goes and does that? I mean, yeah. think about it. Like, independent people who are like, I'm going to make trophy gods. You would be surprised, it, actually. On Terraria, they've done a pretty good job and Minecraft. Well, it's still hard for those people to have to keep track of games but, they don't even play anymore because they have the platinum to go back and update their list. Sure. They may not even know that came out. Though I wonder, actually, if the people who write those guides who already have the platinum, if they really do move on or if they like the game that much to write a guide, do they, they still play, pop in and play it again? The ones I've seen, like know. Power Picks, he plays so many games, there's no way he just stays around on the same Yeah, game. Power Picks is a whole different ball Absolutely game and it seems not. like it's one to maybe two people but i don't know That's probably a good probably so um but so. i guess for the sake of brevity do you want to go ahead and get into the news um yeah i will interject real quick uh for those that are maybe maybe taking a break from the show and they just now came back uh but just to throw it out there to remind people who do know uh reader mail no longer part of the show um i will say that if you do want to read a mail question we still do that on twitter every monday wednesday and friday as well on facebook and of course now youtube is uh free to play for that as well you just hop in the comments ask us a question if we like the question we will like it and you will see the little heart with the nartec symbol next to your name and uh, we'll answer all those questions on our reader mail which are bi-weekly and uh, you guys will be getting one or you actually just got one yeah two days ago i'm all kind of screwed up on my days right now but um we will be doing uh, open submissions starting Monday again, and then check it out if you follow us on Twitter or on our Facebook group. Or if you don't, you know, ask us a question on YouTube. Everybody can uh, everybody can do that at least. You don't have to worry about making a Twitter. Um, so, yeah, there's that. So, Brett, the news good, sir. A lot uh, of Mortal Kombat stuff in here. Yeah, the first three. Yeah. But that's okay. Uh, Mortal Kombat 11's reveal happened. Uh, the reveal event happened this past week, showcasing our first glimpses of the game in action and showing new mechanics for the series. Uh those mechanics being like a perfectly timed block that you can do that opens up a counter window, which is actually pretty nice. I, I think that that's a good addition to the series, uh, as well as short hops and stuff like that to avoid uh, low ground and stuff uh, instead of having to do all the way jump. It's, it, it looks like it's going to make the game play a little more fluid and in ways that I think make games like Smash more fun than some fighting games or if they because have they have short hops and you longevity know, counters and, and whatnot so i think that there's some benefit to that and i will say that right now i'm a little more impressed than mortal kombat 10 even though i really thought 10 was gonna be great but knowing what i know about 10 and seeing this it seems like it's swinging in the right direction yeah. but they announced new and returning characters for the series such as Geras or garris a new character with the ability to manipulate time as well as the return of fan favorites baraka Raiden, Scarlet, Scorpion, Sonya Blade, who is now voiced by Ronda Rousey, much to my chagrin. Not because of anything to do with Ronda Rousey, it's just she's not a voice actor, and she sounds awful to me. And I think that there are plenty of people who agreed with that sentiment, but uh, there's also some more stuff going around with Scarlet being suddenly covered up despite other games. Uh, her being just, you know, or Mortal Kombat 9 specifically, her being, uh, you know, the general skin of the old style 
where you see her just in the little scantily clad recolored outfit from uh, Milana or Jade or any of those people. So there is that. And Sub-Zero obviously makes his return as Scorpions probably long time. In, uh, I can't be, I can't imagine this game not having them pitted against each other at some point in the story just for their little long running uh, arts nemesis setup. But also pre-ordering the game will net you Shao Kahn, a Mortal Kombat staple. I'm honestly a little surprised that they chose him as a pre-order bonus. That's kind of ridiculous, but uh, once the game releases on April 23rd, you'll be able to play all those. Alongside this, next thing in the news is that a collector's edition featuring a black life-size bust of Scorpion wearing his signature mask in striking gold. This face mask is removable and able to be worn by players, I assume, via a strap. They don't really go into it and look on it, but it looks really good. My question here is for... It, it's. I'll go through it and then talk about it. Uh, this also includes a steelbook, a case... Uh, a steelbook case, a gold-colored magnet of the Mortal Kombat emblem, and the premium edition of the game, which is $100 in and of itself. This edition comes in at $300 and is exclusive to GameStop in the U.S., so I don't know outside of the U.S. Um, what's crazy about this is for $300, the the bust is really cool, and I get that it's big, and it looks amazing. It's, it's got that, that nice matte black that's the same as my Scorpion like from satin, Mortal Kombat like 10. finish almost. Exactly. Uh, and it's really, it looks awesome, but... $200 essentially for the mask and the, I mean, you know, I guess the, the steelbook and the, the other little and the little magnet get with but collector's editions you don't care about. Obviously the bulk of it's going to be this mask. Yeah. I think it's worth it for the price. When you think of if how big it is, if it's metal, I think it's worth it. If it is just plastic, which I have a feeling it might be, this is a swing too high in my opinion. I would assume it's metal. I am assuming it's metal. It looks like it's metal from what they've shown, but there's a number of ways you can make plastic have metal-like features in terms of when you're picturing it. Uh, and as we all know, uh, collector's editions aren't necessarily bound to what you think you're getting from pictures, if we recall from the Fallout 76 situation. So it is interesting to see it be $300. I really hope it's a die cast, some kind of like aluminum or, or an alloy of some sort, just to give it a little bit more of a hefty feel and, and really look great and have that great you know metallic shine to it. Um, lastly, though, a beta for the game was revealed for consoles that will be made available to customers who pre-ordered the game at participating retailers. Customers who pre-order physically will be given a code that matches the console of the pre-ordered copy that can be redeemed at any time, but the beta will not be downloadable until it's live on March 28th. So keep that in mind if you want to check the game out early. Moving away from Mortal Kombat in the news, we move over into Kojima. He visited Guerrilla Games recently to give them a peek at Death Stranding since it was made using Guerrilla's in-house Decima engine that they use for Horizon. Uh, they were able to experience the first two hours of the game and loved 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 it now this is interesting because we still always talk about the fact that there is this like crazy mystery surrounding what death stranding is still going to be as a gameplay experience because the most we've seen from in-engine footage as gameplay and not just cutscenes looks like walking sim to a lot of people but we know combat's going to be in the game in some form or fashion so it's really interesting to see and maybe even motorcycle stuff I'm there really, was the motorcycle that he kicked off the cliff, which tells me, like, oh, this thing doesn't work anymore. I don't think that's a cutscene-only thing, right? When you I, think I, about it. You never know. That's a real good question. And I think that the other thing I'm curious, if it's the first two hours of the game, I'm curious is what we've seen is beginning of the game or post-game. Are they going to kind of take the mystery aspect and go into this idea of, like, you're introduced into the world post these things existing and you don't I'm, even know what they are, and then you kind of learn throughout the game? I think that there would be a lot to be gained I'm from sure that Kojima style. told them, like, 
some context if it was oh like that. sure sure at least we know they're only playing two hours but I'm, I'm i'm curious more for players who are going to experience the game if the beginning is going to be this idea of probably introducing not. you into a world that these already exist in or if he's going to try and give an it's, origin point it's it's probably going to tell you along as you play like it's probably going to explain more of well, it. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. So it'll oh, start okay, yeah. with you in the game with these already with with this setup already happening in the world in this yeah, state I would where you learned so. throughout the game. And then you'll probably hear like within Codex or something in the game because uh, you've seen Sam talking in his uh, walkie or what? I guess some kind of communication device of sorts. So yeah, yeah I'm sure that you'll get like the the whole kind of like gaming thing where it's like oh watch out for those you know that those are this this and this and they do this and like so stay away from them it's like okay well that's exposition then you told it to me in the form of a game tip which i actually like so yeah though actually at the same time i think it would be interesting if the game tries to make you have to fight face one not necessarily at its full mechanical thing when you don't quite know and then afterwards you start learning yeah, yeah, I can see that happening. Or, like, it's intentional that you're supposed to die since, obviously, you're on Earth. And then, like, hey, I see you and died out there. Like, be sure to watch out for that, this and this. And introduce the, the death mechanic It's a very Kojima thing way to do, I think, when yeah. you look like, like, like that. I could see that. Um, There's just still so much around this game. But it's cool that, to me, it's very telling that they're showing the first two hours to Gorilla. And doesn't necessarily mean it has to be in its fully polished state, but it does lend even more credence to the fact that I think there's a very high chance this game actually releases this year. At least it's not like Metal Gear Solid 5 where the first hour, 45 minutes to hour, was a crawling simulator. You literally crawled through a hospital for like the first 20 to 30 minutes of the game and then you had to escape the hospital and you still weren't at full speed. Um, That's like the one thing that everybody, including me, complain about like whenever you have to replay the game. Yeah, I could see that. It's it's like the Rock Six experience in Kingdom Hearts Two, where the first time around you're like, "This is cool," learning a bunch of crazy stuff. Three hours later, after and, you have to do it four more times since you played the game four times, I don't like this. Yeah, it's 12, like, twelve hours of my life is devoted to Roxas, basically. Yeah, <laughs> which don't get me wrong, it's good, but you'll play it once, you're kind of done. Like that's the that's, extent of what you want to play is. I always thought it was curious that they never in the remix versions of two allowed you to skip it, that they never were like, Hey, if you've played the game before and you're just replaying, do you want to skip this? I guess if there's actually mechanical reasons because things that you do and the levels you gain as Roxas do carry over into the thing. Um, into once you become Sora, but at the same time, they could essentially fix that by going, Okay, if you choose to skip this, you're only going to be this level and have these skills, and you're going to sacrifice that by skipping this. But you have the ability to do that, and I'd be okay with yeah. that. So, but regardless, here we are moving on to the next thing for Diablo Three players. Season sixteen is now live, offering up some quality of life changes for the game. A small set of cosmetic rewards for the season, as is usual. Seasonal armor sets for all classes have rotated again, so no new seasonal armor, but ones that have existed previously, they rotate through as the season starts to go through. So there are different ones in. If you want to see those, go over to the blog post or just log into the game and look and see for your classes what they are. And some buffs have been given to certain sets as well. Uh, not a big thing. The seasons for Diablo 3 have really winded down um, in the last probably three or four. How long until Diablo Immortal gets seasons? <laughs> How long until Diablo Immortal is the real question because they didn't even give a date. Uh, man, it's just, I think that the fact that it's, I applaud them for still giving people reasons to play and people who may have ducked out of the game at a certain season can come back in a season like this if they miss that armor set. Oh yeah, dude, seasons for me, like as somebody who never experienced seasons but played and beat the, the base game, Yeah, I really want to go back. I really want to go back on Switch, but I just, I have to accumulate some games to trade in or something because I'm not paying $60 for it. But I will say, like, apparently it runs 
flawlessly on the Switch. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Pretty, pretty fantastic considering. Do and you remember game... how it ran on PS3 and 360? Yeah, dude, it ran bad. Like I wanted to play it so bad on 360, but I couldn't because of how yeah. bad it. Actually, I wanted to play on PS3 and it ran bad. Which, if we want to be fair, I mean, the whole Diablo setup was just kind of bad early days. So, I think it makes sense that a game that's been tweaked and worked on over, you know. Let's see, 2011 was when Diablo came out, I want to say. Maybe 2012. Dang, so, was it, I felt like it was farther seven years than ago? 2010. Let's just say seven years ago. I really don't think so. Because we, it, I know that it was post-Uncharted 3, which was 2011. Okay. So I'm going to say 2012 seems reasonable. And if we're going at that rate, then, yeah, I mean, it's a seven-year-old game that... It has had time to understand how to scale itself back and up and everything. Uh, and, of course, I'm sure they're running at 720p. Um, so that's good. I'm glad it plays well. And, obviously, the main thing being handheld. I'm sure in handheld it doesn't even run at 720p if they're trying to keep you know everything up. I'm sure it's probably a 540p, yeah, which now, would not that, be noticeable. That I don't know. I, I don't mean, know it would, but it wouldn't be a big deal. I know that it doesn't. I know it, I'm pretty sure it runs at either 30 or 60, but I want to say 60. And I think it, and there's no like frame rate drops ever. Good, which is really good. Yeah, so, good. and I always recommend like if you never played Diablo three, you you could. I don't know if they still have it on the shelves anymore, actually. But I was gonna say you can go to GameStop and get the base game on the shelf. Have you seen that in a while? The red and black base game case. That's only for PS3. That wasn't that was on. Oh wait, that's right. Reaper no. Reaper of Souls was, was the PS4 release. Okay, yeah. So if you if you can go find Reaper of Souls for a good price, get it because it's good and yeah. it's a it's a pretty good experience on its own. All right, next thing up, Mr. Saul. Put my tinfoil hats on here. <laughs> Boy, I don't know if y'all realized I was joking about that yesterday. Oh, no, I knew. Oh, okay, I thought y'all thought I was being serious. And no, I, was like, I, knew, I was thinking about that last but night. But I still thought it was funny because I was like, of course. As soon as I saw it, I laughed. But for those of you who don't know, Days Gone received its first batch of marketing going into full swing with a new trailer. Paid shields. Showcasing the open world and how it works. Revealed pre-order bonus items that will help in gameplay, a theme for PS Store pre-orders, and special editions for the game. So the digital deluxe edition will be $69.99 and features a digital art book, a digital soundtrack, three additional bike skins, and an additional early skill unlock in the game and a theme. The collector's edition includes all of this as well as a statue featuring Deacon leaning up against his bike with a freaker, the game's zombie type creatures, in case you didn't know that, uh, laying dead beside him, a physical copy of the soundtrack and art book, a set of patches, six pens, and of course a steel bookcase for $139.99. Um, this is just so funny because last week, you know, Saul, I literally said Saul there was hasn't like, been adequate enough marketing for this game. And then, it's like somebody what? heard me. And then I said, I told them yesterday as a joke, I was like, have you noticed that there's like a lot of people on you or on Twitter just promoting this out all of a sudden? They kept their mouths quiet until that thing came out and now everybody's tweeting about it. Yeah, Saul's joke was, I think that they're paying them to say they're good things. Them, they're, they're paying them to say good things. I feel like, I, I feel like I have to say this anytime I talk bad about a game, especially it's a game like, I am going to get Days Gone, just not at launch. Like you I'm said not, that, yeah. yeah. I'm not against Days Gone. For me, it's just, it's not what... It's not something to be excited over as Horizon or God of War or whatever that is for me. I, I feel like I that's, understand. Yeah, I feel like that. Like I was talking to somebody uh, in Discord, and I was like, I feel like I had to keep correcting myself, and then or not correcting myself, but like like I'm comparing it to this, not that. Like in this terms of aspect of the game. Yeah, and, I, I understand. I think the only thing, and even Corey, before you got here, we talked about it loosely, and he agreed real quick. Is that you? You were just being a little too like naysay or hyperbole on the game, and like like I was saying, no, that game's only selling ten copies. What are you talking about? 
So, only, only 10, not even just for the PS4 Pro, just only 10 just people are getting 10 it. copies of yeah. the game. Yeah, but no, that's. I, I just think it's funny, and this is an example of why doing podcasts sometimes is hard to gauge when things are going to happen, because I do get Saul's point when he was saying there's been no adequate marketing for the game, but like, like I said, the game is just far enough out. It's in this three-month window that it's about to how, start. How often did you see stuff and about I God of War, right. though, and Horizon, and all that way before three months? I mean, realistically, all for the Game Informer covers, and then past that, it was kind but of Game Informer on hold. Then this is this could be attributed to possibly fault at Game Informer that the fact that came out like five months ago. Yeah, it was a little too early, but that was also before the game was set to come out in April. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and so say, I'll, I'll give it that. I said it in Discord though. There's still some jank in that trailer. I mean, wait, in the new trailer? Yeah, like. When the zombie leaped out of the trunk and like spun around him, did you see that? I, no, to it's, be honest, I didn't really watch the trailer. I saw it. Yeah, I mean, like I didn't it, it looks good, it. but I mean, like the game already looks good to me. It, it, it doesn't does. have to be perfect. Other than like, as long as it's fun, I think that the the weird and has a good story. Somewhat animations that the game has, I think it's attributable to uh, Horizon's um, sometimes lackluster face mocap. Sure, which. People always bring up the one quest that was like spoiled before, where it's like the brother and the sister. That's, yeah, that's, the one that World End put in, that where it's the guy who has mental illness and he's he hears the voices of people talking to him. Yeah, well, that, I was talking about the like the, specifically the mocap. Well, yeah, I'm talking yeah. about, but that's the mission in, in question, and that that mission came out as a video. Yeah, uh, I a, think that uh, side quest came out as a video beforehand, and a, that was the first time IGN that people that. were notably saying, "Like, look how janky these facial animations." It wasn't are. as bad like that the entire game. There was still noticeable jank in those animations, uh, sure. animations throughout the game. Like, yeah. it wasn't as bad as Mass Effect Andromeda, but it wasn't. It was. It was up there. It was. Com- it was comparable in some scenes to me. And now Aloy, thankfully, never had that, and no real main character yeah, ever it, had that. It, it was only these it was weird side characters momentary. that you would just talk to throughout the world. Yeah, and it was just like that, and that's actually funny because that. The jankiness of that actually is what put me off talking to those people in the game. I was just like, you knew, I, I knew, and it was just like it's it's like in Divinity, the game could perform better. Divinity Two on PS4. Sure, there's a specific area in the game that I want to go to, and it's not a big area. It's not like a it's not like a main area, but it's like this cool looking area that I just want to explore. Every time I go there, I get screen tearing. So I just don't go there because it's just like. Divinity add V-Sync or something. It's all just like, please, games, let me avoid as much of you as, as yes, you're going to be I, ugly. I, frame rate drops and screen tearing, I don't want it in a game. If you don't see it, you don't have Especially to Especially a good, like a good game is Divinity, dude. Like that, I, I know. There's I get some, you. There's some major stuff that could be wrong with that game. But... And he's optimistic. Well, I think the other thing to say about Days Gone real quick, and then we'll stop since we talked about it so much last week, is that... Bend is still a notably smaller studio than a lot of the studios, even though they've scaled up. Uh, yeah. They're very similar. What I would consider this game is very similar to what we talked about on the reader mail that got you know deleted and then we had to come back to and we didn't get to the same point. Uh, but do you remember I talked about how the order for all of the for all the mistakes that it had and for the things that probably could have been better as much as I love the game. One of the things that people were always so amazed about, definitely in the gaming industry, is how this small group of about half of a normal AAA studio size uh, were able to make a game that looked and ran that great, despite the obvious areas where it may have, you know, you can see sometimes where it was, but you see that game come out of that quality, and I think you can see the same. It's not to say the game isn't without flaws. So whereas the order had flaws in what some people consider to be the gameplay length or the rigidness of what they were doing with the walking sections, those were flaws more in game design side, and you saw what looks like a smaller team suffering from not having more people to work on right. this. Right, yeah, not, days not as gone, a fool of a studio. In Days Gone, you're seeing if, if these things that you're talking about, and I'm not saying they're not there,
there. I just I haven't been that micro looking at it. But if you look at Days Gone and where it does excel in a lot of areas, and then you also look at the fact that it looks like it's it's the same thing. A suffering from not having as big of a studio, not really suffering. I would say this: them working through their strengths as much as possible with a smaller studio and putting a game out at this quality. It looks like, and hopefully, then instead of it having problems in the areas that the order saw problems in, we're going to see it in areas like the a couple of animations of weird things. Yeah, and um, this is this is in the, and for those that are curious about it, in the trailer, there's a part in which he opens up a trunk of a car and a zombie jumps out at him. Yeah, well, like when the zombie makes contact with. Um, is this name Deacon? Yeah, Deacon St. John. Okay. Yeah, uh, I don't know why I kept thinking it was Derek. But yeah, when it makes contact with Deacon's body, the like the, the zombie itself slides around his body. Instead of like, grabbing onto it like you would, it's just, just like, it like latches on, but then like slides like this. Okay. It's very, very catching. Uh, kind of like when you're playing Fable 2 and the ground's just sliding underneath your feet. Like when you pivot your character, your foot doesn't like go and you turn. Instead, does it like do your, that your in model, Fable 2? Yeah. I never, awful. I know it does that in Oblivion and Morrowind. Yeah, it's I awful. never, I hate that. I never caught that in Fable 2 and I love Fable 2. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very glad I have like good memories of that game because yeah. I hear a lot about it. wrong. I love Fable 2, but that's a problem in that game as well where you just slide on the terrain below you and you're like, ugh, this looks weird. Yeah, and I mean, are we good for them because like they're making a game. Like if you look at the, 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 uh, quality of the graphics that you could see in the trailer, the lighting, the snow, all that stuff, it looks good. Yeah. So good on them. I'm just, it's just something that for me, I'm just, I'm just kind of sick of that specific genre and I really think it's the same thing for Dying Light. Dying Light 2, I just, I'm not going to get I'm not even going to consider getting. Just even though you like the first one? I love the first one. Yeah. Uh, I just don't think that it's something that I'm going to consider getting just because of the ma- the nature of the game. I like It's like uh, State of Decay. I actually downloaded State of Decay for free because uh, it's part of Games Pass. On and, PC. I debated it, yeah. Yeah, on PC. And it runs fine, and it, it, it looks nice and everything. Oh, that's them in there. But uh, it's one of those things that's like, I, just, I was playing, I'm like, this is just zombie stuff, and I just really don't care. Um... But yeah, like I'm looking forward to the game, and I think it looks fine. Um, it's just for me, it's just not one of those. It could be multi It could be. Um, it could be multi exclusive, and I wouldn't really notice the difference. Oh, multi plant. Yeah, did you see you, what they were talking about though. Yeah, I see it a little bit, and it was a very quick animation. But it, I see it what is you a mean. Very, very, very quick animation. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I, it's just it's one of those things I like. I'm excited for. I hope it does good. Like good for. Ben, I will say for, I think it looks it. a little bit elevated above most multiplayer games, but I do get your point. It's not necessarily like when you look at Ghost of Tsushima or The Last of Us, and we saw the gameplay for that's, both of those. Yeah, it looks phenomenal. When, when you say a uh, now, but those are also AAA games that, Sony exclusive. I don't like think of multi-platform, but when I think of this game, I think of multi-platform in but, terms of quality. Yeah, but I mean like you, upper end multi-platform, like Red Dead or something like that. Because yeah. even Red Dead has its problems. I mean, right. as much as people want to say the game is beautiful. There's a ton of exclusives that look better. I mean, it's right. just true. And, you know, it, it, if you know the circumstances, like having Ben Studio, this is the first game they've made in what? It's the first game they've made since, uh, I think, the Uncharted Fight for Fortune. Oh, I forgot about that. Wasn't that a mobile game? Well, no, it was a Vita card game, and then they made That's the Vita was. game before. So they've made games since then, but it's their first well, original made, IP in a long time. They made... Um Thief's End? No. Nope, that's four. No, they made Golden Abyss. Golden Abyss. I can yeah. never think of that one. But it was, so that was 2012, yeah. if you look at that. So, I mean, so this is their first game. Seven. This is their first real-style game in seven years. And the card game came out, and I want to say 13 or 14, game. and it was, a card, it was a card game. It was their so. first console game since, what, PS2? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, Siphon Filter. Yeah. 
Because and it, even then, Siphon Filter and the uh, Siphon Filter, Logan Shadow, and uh, oh, Dark such Mirror a good game too. were yeah they are I and love both PSP those games. games. Those were both PSP games yeah. that were then made for P like that were then ported to PS2. Yeah. So, so this is their first console game realistically since PS1. Yeah, since Bubsy. <laughs> Not since Bubsy, but Siphon Filter PS1, if I recall right. They might have had a Siphon Filter on PS2 before hey, the, those ben, two, but I don't think so. Ben, uh, I'm going to say one last thing before we move on. Bring back Siphon Filter. Dude, I would, I would be stoked for that. I would too. But I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen either. <laughs> All right, next up, another game that's been long in the in the you know digestional tracks of, of PlayStation fans around. Players who have signed up for the Dreams Creator Beta should have received codes this past week, like I did. Uh, but due to the amount of signups, they are breaking up the codes into waves. So if you did not get the code yet, expect it on Monday, the day this show airs, uh, if you are in the Europe, uh, your European sections. Uh, and on Wednesday, if you are in the U.S. So that's the 23rd for U.S. people who didn't get theirs uh so if you do that that's great originally as a you know a, guess a result of this the beta has been extended two weeks originally it was set to close on the day this goes live the 21st uh but will now end on february 4th so you get two weeks to try it out for people since there's delaying in codes um i do intend to hop on this as i'm as soon as i'm i don't know if it's going to be as soon as i'm done with assassin's creed i don't see an end in sight and it's kind of bothering me my quick rant on assassin's creed will be that i can't understand why the game is so obsessed with getting you somewhere just to give you three side quests you've got to do before you can go back up on and they were like they're side quests so which are three but they're not they're 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 main quests too like you have to do them to progress the main quest mm -hmm. but they feel like side fetch fetch quest but they don't feel like fetch quests they just i mean i guess some of them do which are three some of them don't I don't remember that in The Witcher 3. Dude, I never actually my, remember a always, time in The Witcher 3 where I felt like I had to go do a Dandelion quest. And, and I'll say this. Dandelion is a main Big character in the waste thing. of time. I'll give you that in terms of that it feels like one. But he felt more involved in the story than like an example of Assassin's Creed, if I, if I may. Um, no, you may not. The way that it works out said, is... No, you may not. The way that it works out is like you show up on this island uh, looking for your mom, right? Okay. Uh, and this woman's like, well, I'm not going to give you information until you give me a bunch of money. So then, literally, one of the quests is you just got to earn enough money to be able to give her 11,500 gold. This is like a Game Boy Advance game. All right. The second thing is there's a ship that she sent out or something that you have to go uh, find the person uh, and, and bring them back. And then the last one is that you've got to go invade the... Uh, on one side of the island she is the other side of the island is like her enemies right and she's like well we need to bring them down in power so i want you to go invade their nation chest and bring me their thing back not because i don't i need the gold so you're doing all of this but because if they don't have gold they can answer to a question exactly yep that's good and, and here's the point if that was one time I'd get it. It's like, why would this person trust me unless I do something to help them? But every single section the, of the you game, want the perfect example it of this is starting is? to piss me the off. The perfect parallel to this, when you have to go hunt down the Griffin in Witcher 3, and you go to this guy. In the opening section. Yeah. I give you that. And when he, the go, opening section he was tells you different. there's two people, each of those two people have two quests you got to do, go back to those two people, then go back to that guy to get information to go to the Griffin, then fight the Griffin. Yeah. I felt like that was every major plot step in Witcher 3. And I, granted, I only got like 15 hours in, I think. See, I got past the races with Roach. I definitely am with you on the opening, but I give that a lot more slack because it acts as a tutorial. 
I am not even close to a tutorial section of this game, and it's still doing I guess it every true. single time. Gotta admit, though, Danny Lyon going to talk to, like, what, 12 females, and then none of them by the end knew what it was. I was like, this exactly. took me 20 minutes, and I am no closer to the yeah, Danny Lyon. That's definitely one of the most egregious things in that game. Yeah. Like, uh, that's, and, and I'll give you the, yeah, the opening for the Griffin, that was thing. But I also felt like that was getting to grips with how you traverse the world, getting to grips with how you talk to people and what you get from them. It, it felt tutorially, whereas the entirety of the tutorial realistically on a Assassin's Creed Odyssey happens in Kefalonia, but you can't the very skip first the island. Area, can you? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I, I don't I think so. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, replaying it would definitely make it even grind on you more, considering that you restarted like a lot of times. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, anyway, if you've been interested in dreams, do it. See what you can make in it. That's pretty cool. This one is interesting for Power Rangers fans. They have a new game to look forward to in the way of Power Rangers Battle for the Grid, a actually slightly good-looking fighting game for current consoles and PCs. What is going on with that is aiming games? to release in April this year? There's been a lot of fighting games. There has it, been. It doesn't look bad, dude. But like the start of uh, if you DBZ? go to, I don't like Power Rangers, so I have no interest in it. But I'm just talking about as a looking at it. There is not is the classic? immediately un like. It's not that immediate like ugh. To it, you is know it what I mean. Classic Power Rangers fighting game. It looks like it to me. They went as far as to put what is that Johnny Young Bosch or whatever the old Red Ranger in the commercial as well, and being like, it's it's morphing time. It's a little ridiculous, but the trailer looks all right. Yeah, it's called um, Battle for the Grid, so that should be it. That's it. Uh, anyway, next up announcement: uh, Episode Two of Life is Strange, titled Rules has gone gold and was releasing and is releasing on January 24th. So you can play that pretty soon if you have that series rolling for you. Ubisoft have recently involved, it's funny, speaking of uh, Assassin's Creed, was recently involved in a controversy regarding the latest episode of DLC. Players lamented that the base game heavily relies on and was marketed as a game that has impact of making decisions in that game just for the latest DLC to force a heavy hand and force a specific choice on you that might go against the character that you had been building the entire game prior to that. I'm not going to go into what it is in case you haven't seen the DLC. People who want to experience that, just go ahead. Um, Ubisoft have since come out and said that it was poorly executed and they've apologized. But what is interesting about this really is I get... Some people are mad about, about what the thing is and I don't want to get into what it is. Yeah, it's too political but, for no reason. Or for but maybe real reason, but you know. Some people are thinking they're mad about what the actual thing is that it, the, the game forces on you. I think that more than anything, I see that people who are mad that this entire game, you've been able to build up a character and spend time with her as one person, regardless of who you made her, and then this directly forces you to potentially go completely against who you've built if you play as Cassandra or if you play it as um, Alexios. So I get the idea that people are more mad, or at least the vast majority of people who are upset about this, aren't upset about what the thing is as much as they're upset about the fact that the game took away control from you when the entire game was sold on the idea of controlling the decisions that you make be it all the way to th how you're going to respond to people whether you're going to be an asshole or be nice and be a giving person if you're going to be somebody who's always greedy and who will do stuff for people but with money in return or how your relationships work out if you want to be uh sleazy and sleep with a bunch of people or if you want to sleep with a one gender or another gender all these things play into the way the game plays and then this just goes completely against that depending on who you how you played her uh and i are played I'm, I keep saying her because I'm playing as Cassandra, but how you played your character in general. And I think that that's a very interesting complaint, and I think it's a decent complaint. The political side of it's a little bit more like, eh, I, eh, I get it a little bit. I'm staying away from it. But from the, from the general gameplay side, this is why I think that actually even introducing 
choices into this game. It's not been awful. I've enjoyed it decently, and it adds a new layer that was kind of nice on top of Origins. But well, to me, it sounds like what Mass Effect Three did, where the ending yeah, was the ending did not matter to the amount of like choices you made up until that point, which it's hard to do for three games. You're having these choices. It's hard to make certain endings work with certain choices you made and like there who knows how many endings there have to be to and when cater to every choice yeah and when you're trying to literally end a, a trilogy like they were yeah it's a lot easier to go okay this is the final end we just are going to make what the end is going to be we don't want it to be some crazy multiple choice thing or whatever it's just going to be coming to this end but i see how also people felt bad about that and then they went back and fixed it so it's not like it's unprecedented in the in the industry this has been a problem before uh, but i I get it to an extent. Now, here's the flip side of that, and I want to play devil's advocate for this because there is an important side of this that I think that people are... And don't worry, they could have written around it, but I think that what this ends up looking like is an accidental taking away of the player choice because of something that they were really trying to utilize as a narrative point that they wanted all people to see. And you can't act like the game doesn't already have that. The base game has exact narrative moments that have to happen so that everybody experiences the same event so that they can continue to build off of it. This is only the second episode of what is planned to be more DLC. So when you look at it in that sense, I get that this is a big thing for some people and it really goes against what they consider Cassandra to be, but there are moments in the main game that have to happen that I didn't get it to have a choice in. And if I had a choice in, I would have reacted differently than what the game made me do. But I understand that it's to have a narrative through line that they can follow. If I can make every single decision in the game, then the game has no narrative. If I can decide that I don't want to go look for my mom, then I'm just not going to go look for my mom. I mean, technically, I can play the whole game and just do side quests as much as they'll give me, but there won't be a story. If I want to experience the game's story, I can't make every single decision. Otherwise, there is no narrative. Right. And I think that that's, that's something important that I think people are being a little too quick to dismiss. It would have been nice if they tried finding and writing in a way that didn't feel so jarring, like potentially to the character you built. But... I feel like the writers really thought that the point that they're trying to drive home with this is going to be resolved in a way that they found very important to what the, the story they're trying to tell. And I think that that's a double side argument. I mean, I, I see a little bit on both sides, uh, but it's unfortunate for Ubisoft and it's kind of a blemish on an otherwise game that they've, that's been pretty good for them. I mean, Odyssey has been very well received. So, uh, next up NIS America has announced trails of cold steel three with a series moving Western publisher from x seed over to nis this game is aiming at a fall 2019 release for north america and europe with ps4 being listed as the only platform at this time and i would bet that it probably stays the only platform vita was a public uh, was a platform for the other trails of cold steel games uh, i think even up to two but unfortunately uh, we're at that point where it's not as financially reasonable to make a game for Vita, as well as the fact that if you're actually pushing the PS4, it's even harder to make that gun get that game run on Vita. And you saw that with uh, Yeast, um, I think with Stardew Valley as well. Yeah, as well. You have to do some stuff to get it to run on this system, and that's just the way it works. It's much like how you see plenty of games skipping Switch. 
You know, it's not ridiculous that it's skipping Switch. Some games have to pull themselves too back to run on Switch, so they just and don't do it. you got games like Ark Survival on Switch. Yeah. Like, why? Did you see the Digital Foundry on that? It was dude, awful. It's, dude, it's the worst. It's probably the Ooh, worst. So like, I don't know why they... That's cash grab all over. That's all that was for there. Definitely. Uh, next up, Metro Exodus has been confirmed to continue the long-running series tradition of having multiple endings for those who like to run through every possible path of the game. This was confirmed uh, by a PR head of... Uh, Deep Silver, who is publishing the game. So if that was something you liked in the other Metro games, here it is. Even though this seems like this is trying to be the last Metro game, I'm, I'm very. I kind of hope it is that. because, like, I don't want this series to branch off into like a hundred games. Like, even yeah. five. I think five three games. seems reasonable for the type of game that they are, as well as the story arc they've been trying to follow. They've already done like they did, um, twenty thirty three, and then they did Last Light, Last Light, and then they did the redo. Which is like the basically the next gen console version of you know, twenty thirty three with it has bothered me forever. Is it? I call it redo, but it's just a fancy way of spelling. You can it? say Redux or redo. What? Why what, is it which Redux? One's correct. I, that, I don't even know. I don't. It bothers me. I've I think it's. I think it's. Uh, I'm, this may sound really dumb if I'm wrong, but I think it's French. Probably is, but I mean, I just don't know what it is, and it bothers me. Is the X silent? That's how my mind. Redux. And what does it mean? Brought back, revived. Redux. Okay, well, there we go. I can finally stop saying redo, and I will just say redux. Thank you, Saw. I appreciate that. All right, next thing up, Black Ops 4's latest update adds an obnoxious yellow caution sign next to players' names if they do not own the season pass. I put this on here more because I found it to be really interesting. I What a weird way to kind of throw in the face of people who have not bought your season pass and marked them and put them on blast. I think I, I think that was a glitch because I didn't hear about that until I looked and I went and looked at an article. It seems that that's a glitch, but it wasn't. It's not meant to be visible, but we, I don't guess we'll really know. I don't know either. Because if because they say that, it's like, well, that's a pre-R statement. But let's, yeah, because here, let's, let's do this way. It, it, it could be a PR statement, obviously, for people who, they put it in the game and we're like, well, if people backlash against it, we'll have a PR statement ready. But the other flip side of that is, what's the easiest way to kind of prod someone into getting something? Essentially point at them and say, hey, you don't have this. That's not going to work <laughs> in this day and age, though. Honestly, with a game like Call of Duty, I can kind of see it working. I could see the same with Fortnite. If they I mean, decide for to some do something people, crazy. sure, but I don't think it's going to be like a, it's going to be a high number of anybody thing. Regardless of whether it's a glitch or not, it's really interesting. And I would like to see if they plan on fixing this or if this is going to be a permanent thing because it's very odd. Uh, next up, this is also something I included, just more of a uh, general gaming, but it is interesting. The Pinkerton AG, uh, Agency, which was featured prominently in Red Dead Redemption 2's story, were and still are a very real agency, with its current owner issuing a cease and desist notice to Take-Two alongside demanding royalties. Take-Two is fighting back, stating that the lawsuit ignores, quote, well-established First Amendment principles, end quote, that are meant to protect expressive works uh, from these types of claims and that they, quote, cannot use trademark law to own the past, end quote. This is an interesting setup because I can kind of see, again, both sides of the, this is a real agency that still exists that technically got put in the game. But this agency's been around so long and their inclusion in the game adds a layer of realism to the game that is important from historical purposes to an extent, but this is still a work of fiction. Yeah, I was going to say that's that's why that all these games they'll state before like any resemblance to real life is merely a coincidence. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's kind of their like their legal protection because in reality, now the context is of course uh, important. Um 
So if it's like I, I you know, I didn't finish Red Dead Two, but like sure. it's, it's if the the Pinkerton agency in Red Dead Two is the same as in past history, then yeah, that might be a problem. And they'll probably and they pay are. them. Yeah, they'll probably pay them royalties just to, or a settlement. Just be like, just stop this. Like we're not gonna. To be fair, I think that that's what the aim of this is. I don't think that the owner who's issuing they're a not cease and desist. To, yeah, they're not trying no, to succeed with that. There's no way that they're gonna that succeed with a cease and desist. If they get a good lawyer, happen. though, you never know. It's hard. It's hard to say when it's. Well, when here's it's, the thing: the company would stand to gain more, not from a cease and desist. A cease and desist is more of the scary part of the thing, like cease and desist, where you can't have it in your game at all. Is what it sounds like to me. Maybe I'm not a lawyer and I'm not understanding it correctly, but I think if you look at what a cease and desist is supposed to mean, they're not saying that they're going to stop selling the game. They're asking for that in royalties, with really the intent to just be. Even if they don't get royalties, because royalties implies money over time. Over time, yeah. If if Rockstar, considering how well this game is sold. The agency filing this stands to gain more by just saying either getting royalties, which is probably unlikely, or just saying we'll settle out of court for $2 million. Or Two. Who knows? I don't know how much money. Bump that number up. That's my, a rookie number. But 10 my, million. Point being, my point being, with as much money as they've made and as much money as this game will continue to make, obviously, it makes sense that they would just settle. And I think that's probably the real aim of this. But I would be surprised how much money the Pinkerton agency has for a lawyer versus how much money take two has for a lawyer and you know they obviously have everybody has lawyers on retainer but you would assume that take two would have far more financial push to be able to employ good lawyers to ensure that they win this to some or at least win this in their eyes so it's weird to see i can't even find a net worth for this company <laughs> Gonna look up the net worth of the Pinkerton agency. This might be their final hurrah. This this company is worth nothing, guys. We just gotta get what we can a out of this. Security agency, yeah. Which is, I mean, if you think about what they were before, I mean, it's it's, kind of it's a logical thing. evolution yeah. to what you need today. Um, but regardless, next up is uh, PlayStation announced Intruders Hide and Seek, an exclusive game for PSVR that's been revealed for a while. is finally coming. February 13th, the game sees players slowly moving around between intruders in your large home, and I. Put that specifically so that you wouldn't hear it and think, what? It's just a small little house. It's a big house, multiple floors, you know, a little... I don't know what you actually call this. I'm sure there's a word for it. But you know when you're in a house and the stairs lead up to a... A foyer? Is that what it's called? Or a foyer? When it, yeah, I think it is a foyer. Where it's an upper piece that wraps around, but you can still look down into the main part of the building. Yeah, it's a foyer. Okay. I didn't know the word for it. I've, I've heard never really call thought it about it. Well, it's kind of like Redo Redux. I've heard people call it foyer, but it's like, it's spelled foyer. Who knows? But I was point like cleaning being, my keyboard and now my mouse doesn't work. So it's a sizable enough Google house, that. and essentially what you're doing is you're looking for information that can help you survive. So like in the trailer, they or in one gameplay thing they showed, uh, it showed like you finding a book that you open up and you see a the word redemption written out and like scribble with a note on it. And then like you realize that that's supposed like your character realizes that, Oh, this must be the password for the computer. So there must be a reason that they're trying to work with the computer. I mean, I think, Whoops, that's too loud. But yeah, so it's for you. Anyway, I think it's an interesting idea for VR. If you looked at the game, if it wasn't a VR game, it would not be as special. You can obviously tell that. Like, it's an Unreal Engine game with a kind of an art style, but the art style lends itself to be able to run well in VR. So I've, already up with a, a, I've already played a lot of those kind of games on Steam. I don't want one in VR. See, that's the biggest thing is that computer has a ton of these. I mean, if you think about it, it's not that different from what you see from something like Outlast. Um, yeah. Outlast is obviously a very higher end version of what they're doing here. Uh, and I would play Outlast in VR. 
This, I don't know. I'm, I'm on the fence. And it, uh, price, I think, will be a big determining factor. But yep. the last thing in the news, you remember last week, I think, or maybe the two weeks ago, we were talking about The Walking Dead, the final season, uh, and how we didn't know how long the it would take to finish up. Well, apparently, the last episode has been given a date of March 26, as you can see in the in-game menu, uh, when you load up episode three, meaning it won't be as quick as we were hoping, and even some were hoping, but the end is in sight, as this is apparently the last episode which is breaking away from the normal five-episode structure that we've seen from all other Telltale games. So I guess in the in the room of picking this game up to try and finish it, they're also like, well, we're going to pick everybody up, but we're going to have to condense what y'all are wanting to do down into two episodes instead of three. Um, it's good for people who bought it and bought it and wanted to finish it, but it's a little like, oh, that sucks because it's just a little bit less. Uh, still got to give props to the Skybound Games, I want to say, as a name. For up. finishing it up and bringing the team back together. It's still a cool move, and I get that it probably financially makes more sense for them to do this because I doubt they're making real money off of this as much as they're doing this for what I would imagine would be PR so that they have a their name is more in the lights when they go to announce whatever it is they're working on as an original game company. Right. Be it maybe a new Walking Dead game. You is your house know. on fire? Yes, yes, it is. It is. Okay. I don't know. It sounds like somebody. It smells like somebody's cooking something. Um, Your house is on fire. See, it doesn't smell like. That, I don't know. That, that, that doesn't heater? smell like cooking smoke. I don't know, but I'm also hot, so I think we need to cut down the. Uh, I think we need to uh, evacuate. <laughs> nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell my wife to cut the heat down. So if you had a nest, you could just do it from there. It nope. could be your wife. The nest could be my wife. I've really been contemplating getting one for my apartment. Andy doesn't want to for some reason. I'm just like, why? She doesn't want the government spying on everything y'all do. It's a thermostat. <laughs> it doesn't have a camera. It doesn't have, like, I'm pretty sure it doesn't have a, a bug. With you. Who knows? But regardless, uh, I think it's time to move in to drop into the hop, sir. Oh, yeah, we did forget about that. Whoopsie daisies. I didn't forget about it. Well, that comes but before we did news. But we did it in wrong order. Yeah. So for those that don't know, the drop is... Uh, Mm-hmm, not out. <laughs> Whoops. Now that's interesting. It is. So yeah, we're just not going to have a drop. That, that is weird. Maybe Martin Luther King holiday weekend. They didn't do it. Maybe, but I mean, we know that there's games releasing this week. I mean, this is Resident is Evil 2's week. Oh yeah, it is. Oh well. Well, hey, Resident well, Evil 2 remake is coming out. There you go. Buy that because it's going to be good. I, I kind of want to play the demo, but I kind of don't. I still haven't played it yet. May play that today actually. But I yep. guess, Brett, we'll head on into the main topic of the show, which kind of splits off. We didn't really cover it in the news, but there have been rumors, the most important question of the day, that Fallout 76 is going free to play due to the fact that there are retailers that are pulling Fallout 76 off of their shelves. Uh, there have been reports that places um, uh, like Amazon UK and uh, Amazon.de um places like those if you go search for fallout 76 on them uh it shows there's only like 30 copies available or 10 copies available so it's like they're putting a limit on to um that's interesting i'm well, sorry see, i caught my eye i already knew this and that's why i was going to bring this up in relation to yeah this. but it's basically like uh they're limiting their stock for some reason and some people are pointing to that well if they're pulling it off the shelves they're getting ready to go free to play uh, which was coincidentally, we, we talked about that with, um, DC universe, DC universe. And, um, the other one, the bad one, the bad one, the bad, the real bad one. Oh crap. Battleborn. Battleborn. Yeah. yeah. Which coincidentally enough, 
never really went that way, even though it was very heavily rumored. Yeah. Oh. Well, it eventually did go free did. to play the last two weeks or something because it was like, hey, we're closing the server anyway. Yeah, it's like, but it never went free to play in a way that was like, well, we're going free to play to save the game. It's more like, well, we're going free to play just so if anybody wants to play the game the last two weeks, they can. Did I'm pretty sure I recall that. Play? No, I don't think so. It just closed down. I think Lawbreakers just closed down as well. Man, Cliff, you are a um, like, why? I'm fairly positive. That sounds right. I don't think it ever went free to play. Cliff, they, you're, you have a hard head, sir. Um, well, that may not have been his move. That may have been the the publisher. Well, whoever published that game, you have when a hard head. about it. Um, but you know, I think what's interesting about this is, yeah, we did see this with DC Universe. Uh, so when I worked at GameStop back in 2012, 13, I don't know, it was one of those two. Uh, before I quit, uh, there was oh, actually, you know what? Maybe it wasn't. Yeah, I, I, I think it was 2012. But anyway. Um, DC Universe Online was a PS3 release, and then it, of course, made its way over to PS4 once it was already free to play, but it released on disc, and I bought it. Uh, and I remember when I worked there, after about a year, maybe a little bit less, we started pinning out, which is like you literally, there's a, they update everything, and anything that gets pinned out, you pull from the shelves, and you put this label on it, and it's supposed to get basically chunked. Um, and then cool GameStop managers do uh, compare competitions and give those away at midnight give those releases. away exactly and that, that's pretty cool they do that but so essentially this game got pinned out now it did two things by doing that uh it slowly prepared everybody for either the game to shut down or to go free to play of course it went free to play as we now know um now the odd thing about this we haven't quite heard that this game is getting pinned out i don't think we've seen that yet i may actually ask some of my GameStop friends who still work there if they have any word or if they've seen that it is getting pinned out at a certain date. So apparently where it came from was EB games in Australia are the ones pulling the games. I saw that. I saw that it was Australia specific. And and for those that want the full context of it, uh, there's a a YouTuber named the quartering. Um, I don't get, I think I've ever heard of this guy before. I've heard of him before, but, um, Kiki shared him in relation to that square Enix sexual harassment thing, uh, in regards to kingdom hearts three. I must've completely missed that, but yeah, I, uh, I, I would. I don't know if this is a good resource or um, a reliable source. It has twelve thousand likes and four hundred thirty-eight dislikes. So like, I'm sure. going to assume it's somewhat credible, or even just a, it's a credible place to go for a rumor. I should say. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, the quartering. Uh, go check that video out to kind of get the context of what we're talking about. Now, what I'm going to use as a slight. There's reasons that it might not be, right? I could see... Oh, it could lo- be multiple I things. could see logically the reason as to why it would. The game has had a lot of bad press. Bethesda's had a lot they of bad press. They could make it digital only or something where they just d- take all the disc and chunk the disc and it's you know, digital You never only. know. Yeah, they could be preparing to do a lot of things. But here's the other flip side of that. There may be a reason why it's specifically Australia. What it may come down to is that there may be some reason that the game is not meeting some law requirement or something or is being pulled because of the fact that it's being found to be somehow going against some rule or whatnot, uh, or maybe been be found, uh, you know, it could be a lawsuit related thing. I mean, they could pull it for a number of reasons, but it may be specifically in relation to Australia law. Now, if that's the case, that means that it's not going to get pulled anywhere else. And then you don't have to worry about it going free to play. Now, the the flip side is this would probably be one of the quickest times I've ever seen a game from a series as big as Fallout go free to play because Saul do you remember how long it took and, and I really don't this is a question do you remember how long it took before Elder Scrolls Online went free to play like a year that seems two years about right but I can't remember exactly I want to say it was at least a year so let's just say that 
right? I, I think it'd be very, Elder Scrolls is a huge franchise. Fallout's technically bigger if we're looking at sales numbers as to, to the last ones. So when you look at it in that sense, it makes no sense for Fallout 76 to go free to play this quickly in terms of precedent. But that doesn't mean that because of how bad the PR was around this game and how bad the game was, that the game is not... And I, I, I feel like I should say this, and I shouldn't have to. We're only saying within the, the realm of it had glitches to a notable degree. It had crashes to a noticeable degree. It had exploitations that could be used to make it crash to a notable degree. And, of course, it had a, a mound of bad PR behind it. So if you put all that together, we're not saying the game has to be awful. We're not saying that the game can't be fun to people. I think that me and Saul both agree on that. Neither of us has played it. I don't even want to say it to the extent of I played it. I know for a fact that it has to be a bad game but it's had telltale signs of games that it's been given such a bad rap that it would not surprise me if bethesda was like well you know what sales are slowing to a point because people are not trusting us in this game to a point that it makes sense for us to move it to a free-to-play thing it'll keep our player count up like it needs to uh, and then what we can do is we can find a way to monetize the game outside of that there's always ways that you can handle this. Anybody who supported the game before it went free to play gets obvious bonuses or benefits that they carry that either stay with them forever or are good items that get given to them as a one-time gift. You never know. Uh, or if it, it's already going, you can think about it this way. Lunch boxes have been introduced into the game, if I recall. Which was a mobile right. uh, feature of Fallout Shelter. So Which was the main pay to win, not pay to win, but the main microtransaction aspect of that game. And that's what I was going to say. So we already know that microtransactions exist in the game. Which we knew because of atom points or whatever Exactly. The bottle Atomic caps points or whatever. Or, yeah. Atom points. Well, I don't think bottle caps, are, bottle caps are the currency. Currency. The currency you're right. Currency. Yeah. yeah. Um, but my point being, when you look at it like that, um, it's, it's reasonable that they could be moving to that as a way to keep the game long-term monetized and, and be able to be successful uh, and get the player count up. It would make sense that one of the ways they could appease players who supported the game early on is to give them a sizable amount of free Oops. atoms or lunch boxes or something. Which is weird uh, they have both because at, uh, atomic points or atom points can buy things from the store. What do the lunch boxes do? They maybe, just give you random maybe a loot box. Gear? Maybe a, you know, one that's... Why do you need that? No. I, in a game where you could otherwise have straight microtransactions. So a comment on this video, which I find is Ooh. somewhat interesting. Hold on. What? This might actually be somewhat in regards to why it may be being pulled from Fallout. I mean, from uh, Australia. I want to say in conversations with Josh Ayers, our, uh, one of our Australian listeners, that they had found that they could not use gambling-like things in that. So I wonder if the game There's being a lot pulled. of games that have this. This seems to be the only one that's getting pulled, though. Overall, well, it be pulled. I mean, I know that there's other ones, but now are, is the game being pulled because it's not been remedied in a way where in that territory it's not active? Because that's what they've done in the past. They've made it to where in territories where it's not allowed, they change the game up. Well, uh, and this is going off a YouTube comment, so this thing is a grain, grain of salt that you can take with this. But um, one of the commenters says, yeah, we are removing them. My store sent back 50 sealed copies on Wednesday last week. And we reallocated about 100 pre-owned copies to the warehouse on Friday. He says, how is this breaking now? I thought this would have come up by at least Friday. We weren't shy about it. Also, I just went down to my store and checked out the back on the back and on the shelves. We only have about 20 copies for Xbox and 10 in PlayStation the entire store uh, with three of each on show, all of them pre-owned. The sales figures came up saying that we sold a grand total of negative five yesterday, meaning we brought back five copies. So... This sounds like a guy who works at EB Games and GameStop, and yep. then this is really having an issue. Um, so, again, take it with a grain of salt, but it seems like we're reasonable. Like, what we're saying is the obvious reason would be 
that the sales numbers are dropping too much to be sustainable for a franchise as big as Fallout. Um, now, here's the kicker, Saul. Does the game moving free to play entice you to play it? Nope. Not until it's fixed. Reasonable enough? I'm not going to download a broken game. And I'm sure like I'm sure people aren't enjoying the broken game. That's fine. They can enjoy what they want. They'd be happy with it. I'm just not one of those people. It's not, it's, gonna, it's it's not, not gonna happen worth, for me. It's not worth my time. Like I'm not playing a game where even if it's even if it is not even game breaking, but even if it's unenjoyable to play due to the way it looks, if it looks way out of date for what it should be, given the the evident of the developers, like I'll go play, of course, Undertale, Shovel sure. Knight. Yeah. I was playing Hollow Knight earlier. Um which is Switch. I didn't mention it, but I've been playing Hall Night again this week. Um, anyways, it's it's like I'm not even going to give them download counts for me. Like, it's not even pointless because then they'll say, oh, we want free to play. There's 10,000 people downloaded. I'm not going to be part of that 10,000. Everybody you. can have their fun. I'm just, I'm not one of those, like, I said what I said. I'm voting on my wallet. Even that's in that, that kind of counts as time too because time is money for me. Yeah. And I don't like wasting time on games that I'm not going to, I know I'm not going to enjoy right now. When well, they time update, is a currency for you, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Time is a currency for me. And like once they update it and then they roll out patches constantly fixing stuff like frame rates, the pitiful ultra wide, uh, the ultra wide scandal they had that I don't think they still have fixed. On they PC basically support? went in and uh, modified the INI code for the, for widescreen. Basically it just zoomed in. So like widescreen is blurry, but so it's zoomed in, but the HUD isn't it's like the HUD is kept. Scaled. No, everything is stretched. Oh God. Yeah. It's like, it's not even, they didn't even like pay attention to certain aspects of the HUD. They just stretched it to your ultra wide. So it's not like your field of view increases. It's more like your, it's just like it zooms. It's like if you do stretch to fit on your screen, it'd be awful looking yeah. on ultra wide. But look, okay, so, and I'll go, my answer is also no, I think also because of time, uh, but mine is more to the fact that I have people that I would play it with if he, so like Donovan was playing it, if he was going to go back and play it, I would have a reason to play with him, but not in a time period where I'm literally going to be playing Resident Evil 2, Kingdom Hearts 3, into Anthem, into anything, I can't even think of all the stuff, I mean, it's obviously we know Sekiro's coming, there are just, the months are too jam-packed right now in this first quarter for me to even want to go and worry about doing that, which leads me to the obvious, like, to the question in my mind, why go free to play now when there's so much competition for time? Is it because of the fact for the people who don't, who, the people who don't have the money as necessarily as much to buy all these games they might want to play and be waiting for the people who are going to be a little more cautious and slow in this very you know stacked up period of games. Well, see, here's the issue: is that like as of this current week, yep, we had Ace Combat come out, we had Resident Evil come out, two yep. pretty big game, pretty big name games. Well, I mean, Resident Evil will be coming out. So, but well, yes. I was this weekend, last week in this, yeah, I this gotcha. week. So by the time this goes live, I think what Resident Evil comes out on Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday. 25th okay so, so friday. friday yeah friday okay so during this week there's a lot to play for some people so for some people there's not you're not really gonna have a game coming out that's notable uh that's not kingdom hearts 3 that's like you have kingdom hearts 3 but that's in kingdom hearts we, 3 is a sizable game yeah well no i'm talking about like excluding that for people who aren't sure. interested in it okay sure but then you have a whole another month just about until anthem so like which would be the next comparable game for the core like hardcore Fallout seventy six, like one of like people who want to play it basically. Sure. Like, they want a first person shooter that has these aspects of an MMO. Anthem is the next game that's going to come out that's going to scratch that itch for what they may want. So then they may actually pull, download it if it's free to play it and try it out because they're not interested in Kingdom Hearts. Because right now we are in an arguably slow time up until 
about next in the next month. Sure. Where a lot of things come. Yeah. Out. End of this month into beginning of next month gets crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, even then, the end of this month, if you're not a Kingdom Hearts fan, it's still dead. The sure. Kingdom well, Hearts Resident is, Evil. So well, you have, you yeah. have two. Yeah. You have two franchises to bounce between. Yeah. And so, they're and they're notably different styles of genre. With, so. Yeah, and different um, markets to each, but. Yeah, I do think that if if you have the time right now, there's not a whole lot coming out that if you if you're not interested in Kingdom Hearts or Resident Evil, you have a whole lot of time on your hands. Maybe till Anthem or yeah, until February fifteenth, because the fifteenth of February has a wide genre split. I split for the whole week. So if you want to come mid February, there's probably a game for everybody at some point. You know what I mean? Like even me, like I'm at a point in Destiny two where playing by myself isn't exactly like. I, I've done everything that I have up uh, in Black Armory. I got the 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 weapon the weapon I really really wanted. I got a god roll on it, and I got a god roll uh, weapon mod on it. So like I got everything I want in terms of yeah. weapons. So realistically, I'm just at this point helping people out, uh, which is why I asked you guys last night. Like if y'all need to help, y'all had a full fire team. Yeah. I mean, I'll just help Joe run forges. At this yeah. point, it's going to be just me grinding to get Isanami's burden, which is the exotic sniper rifle. Yep. Until um, the next season or whatever it is. I mean, even that, just until next week. I've already done the weekly stuff. So I can hop on and, and yeah. do the weekly stuff over the course of four or five days. Have fun, yeah. So, yeah, and, and play with other people, do the strikes. And, and of course, calls. I need you to, I'm, I'm going to have you help me with the stuff the as force, I'm yeah. getting ready. And we could do that later on tonight after uh, Andy goes to sleep, but if that's what y'all want to do. But, um, I, I mean, there's not a whole lot. Like, I was actually looking through my download list. I went and downloaded Steep today. I guess I kind of did leave off a lot of games, but I played Steve for like 10 minutes. I'm like, no. Yeah, I hardly even like, count that as, you know. It felt like it's trying to be skate with the weird double analog stick controls that it had. Okay. So there is like a time right now up until Kingdom Hearts that even play like people like me, they're not bored, but they could use something. So that may appeal to those people who want to play Fallout. So now that's, and I, I do, I get you, but that's also saying, all right, that means that it would have to go from where it is now to free to play in less than a week. Which I don't think is happening. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm talking about it. Like, so you I'm are talking right. about me. I'm talking about like to play this game if it was free to play today. Like sure. there is a time right now, but it's the thing is, is that I highly doubt it's actually going to go free to play. I think that they that there's something else to this that we're not too sure of, and or it may go free to play in certain areas, or it might go discless and it's a digital only game somewhere to Elder Scrolls Online because like you can go buy the Elder Scrolls Online disc, but it's the whole like. What is it called? The Tamriel Unlimited Pack? Yes. So, yeah, it's not even the base game. So, they may just be getting rid of the base game. Who knows? Yeah, and I mean, that makes sense. Because realistically, this is the one thing I've said about, you know, I don't... We already know how I feel about an all-digital future, and you do. But the one concession I think everybody can agree on is that there's no reason necessarily, I mean, outside of just people who want to be able to physically look at the case, to have an online-only game come in a physical disc because it's essentially like well you have to have internet to play it anyway so you'll have to have internet to download it there's no reason not to just yeah download there's it. there's not at this point in time it's like that's that's not a valid argument to really have like oh like i can picture if they went to like pam or not pamphlets um what are they called the little hang tab cards that you pick up that have like subscriptions on them and stuff if sure. they went to that like where if you bought one of those and that had the code for the game yeah instead of a disc in the case yeah so you can't really complain about like, oh, I don't have internet to download the game. Well, you're really not about to be able to play this game then. <laughs> like you don't have internet to download it. You don't have internet to play it. So exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I guess, the, okay, I'll give one more little bit there is that for people who have internet that's fast enough to play it, but way too slow to download it. 
God, you know, in that work, weird in between. They have to be somewhat, like, that's kind of a rare situation, isn't it? No, Donovan's a perfect example of that. His internet lets him play games, well, but if he were to download. is the same as online playing, like, unless he's running multiple things. Well, no, you don't have to. Online play doesn't require very much speed at all. Downloading speed just requires how long you're Oh, so be. you're saying his download speed is bad? Yes. Oh, okay, I thought you were saying the opposite. I thought you were saying his download speed's good, and then him playing the game is laggy. I'm like, yeah. well, no, it's no, the no, same. No, not, no, not that, because. Okay. That's more download and upload all at the same time. But no, essentially, he can play games with us, and you find out every now and then his internet and the speeds is part of why when he goes to join our chats, he has NAT site problems. Yeah. Uh, some of it has to do with his speed, and every now and then, like when we were playing Diablo and he was the host, it would cause me to lag because of him, and we had to switch around and let me be the host. But my point being there is that he is a perfect example of somebody who, if he went to download Anthem, or Destiny 2, or oh, dude, it took him. It took him, I think he said, four days actually to download the entire Bioshock trilogy. Yeah, and that's, that's a long time. That's less than an hour for me, for yeah. all four games. That's what I mean. So that's So there is nuts. that. There's a reason for him to get a physical copy of Fallout just so that he can install the game in an hour, roughly, I installed and St then let him start playing. I installed Steep in less than three minutes. Like, I, I looked at Steep, and it wasn't even minutes. It was, not, it was like 190 seconds or whatever. Yeah. So, so there, there's that. But, I mean, I get what you're saying across the board. It's just, it would be interesting to see. My real thing is, that let's just say that it starts from Friday, as we'll use as the as the test point for this, right? So from Friday is the first steps towards it going free-to-play. Let's just give it a week. Let's just say it goes free-to-play by the end of January. I would just say next Friday. Okay. Or I mean, this it, Friday, it seems unlikely, but yeah. let's, but regardless, even next Friday is 25th. Well, I'm just saying, So yeah. you're getting to the end of January. Right. So you have Resident Evil the same day. Yeah. So let's just say that. So end of January, it's free to play by then. You still have to deal with the fact that there's games right there and then there's games coming up mid-January. It's an odd time to go about doing it, though it's not completely senseless. Did you hear about the God Room? Oh, um, that... Yeah, in Fallout that has all the crazy stuff. What's well, in, in every Bethesda game? Yeah, and where every item that's in the game, every single thing that is in the game, whether it's an item, a weapon, a bullet, is anything, used. Yeah, is, I remember finding that in Morrowind on accident. Yeah, because um, I didn't understand what the the control console was. The console commands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so you're just typing in things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like they normally don't disable console command in their PC games because why? Like they don't play with people. They did that in this game, and somebody found a way around it, and they actually went in there. And of course, now they have it to where if you enter that uh, room, it's pretty much instant band but it's just like people who, who knows who got in and out of that room with everything they needed to, to be oh and this is a pvp style game so they have all the armor they need all the weapon ammo they need the best weapons in the game sure in a I'll pvp environment but it's, again it's only pc so i'm sure that there's a little more higher problems to worry about such as mods and stuff sure i don't know I'm... how good like battle eye on rainbow six i don't know how good that is like Bethesda's equivalent is uh, for mod yeah. detection. And I, I, I get your point. But I mean, I guess that's a little aside from the point of free to play in general, but I I'm guess that is a problem, crazy. Of, a problem with the game in general. I figured we were winding down on that <laughs> one specifically. I think so we I are. Thought, uh, I thought I'd bring that up at the end there just because it was interesting. Sure. But um, something we do want to answer kind of go on the same in the same vein. While we're talking about Bethesda and we've said a lot of negative about them so yeah. far, and we've already, we've obviously said a lot of negative about them since Fallout 76 has come. Yeah, it's mainly. But we're going to go ahead and. It's pretty much Fallout 76 painting a target on their back. But we had our good buddy El Shabib on Twitter. He asked us a question for Reader Mail. And we actually thought it was a pretty good topic. And uh, we want to go ahead and answer that question as like a subtopic in a way. But uh, he have, here he goes with this. He says, I have heard multiple times how Bethesda Game Studios games are subpar in terms of technology when compared to other games. I tend to disagree. This is not me defending them in any shape or form about their games being stable or not. 
However, when you look at their games, you can do stuff. Uh, you can do stuff there that you can't do elsewhere. You can literally pick up an item off the floor and place it in another place in the game. And when you hold on. Oh, and it's still there when you reload the game. I don't see that in any other game, at least so far. And that by itself is a tech achievement and maybe why they are not moving into a different engine. Thoughts? So what he's referencing, and this has been in every game since Morrowind. Was it in Morrowind? Yep, it was in okay. Morrowind. So you can literally, and this doesn't even have to be um, picked up and put into an inventory. In these Elder Scroll Fallout games, there's a, there's a, it's typically... L or R1, right? To like grab an item, but you're not taking it. Well, what you do is, so the button you normally use to pick it up, you just hold instead. So if so let's just say X is how you pick something up, you would hold X, and instead okay. you're going to grab it and be able to manipulate it as right. you walk. Yeah. Now, so it's basically like you're picking up an item and it's floating in front of you, and you can do this because in these games you can buy houses and such, and you can decorate them, and this is your typical your way to decorate. It's well, that up. was actually in Skyrim. The other games, it was just there. I think mean, I don't. Well, you know. did that in Sky or in Oblivion. I mean, you couldn't buy a house in Oblivion. Yeah, yes, you could. Or you could buy a house. Hold on, are you positive? Yes, I know that you couldn't. Maybe you could what? decorate, but it wasn't like Skyrim's. I guess is where I'm really going with that. I don't even remember buying houses in Oblivion. If I'm being honest, it so was, I'm sure it's it there. It was part of, uh, but it wasn't like where you could determine like, oh well, I want this fireplace because you remember how they introduced that in Skyrim. No, yeah, now that was uh, like, but I think you're probably right. Now Morrowind, I really don't think you could buy a house. Now, now that one, I don't know about. But I do but, think you're right. In the was it the Imperial City? Yes. Yeah. Um, it was one was in the Imperial City, then the other one was in the area where the blades are. Which I can't remember the name. No, of No, that's Bruma. Um, Bruma. Yeah. Well, regardless. Point being, yeah, I can't, I can't, I'm not gonna find it, but it, it's it's not Shaden Hall, but it's another one. But yeah, it's like you can pick up things like bases or books, and you can basically walk around with them floating in front of you. You can set them down, and you can kind of mess with it a little bit, and you can do it, it with perfect. bodies. You yeah, know, you can do it with. Pretty much anything. Which is cool because, like, essentially, if you were, like, role-playing as an assassin, one of the, one cool thing to do in Oblivion that I've never seen another non-Bethesda game do is reverse pickpocketing. And I'm sure it's there in some other form of game, but in Oblivion, I can go up with a poison apple in my inventory oh, and, and put it, put on, it them. on them and then wait for them to eat it and then they'll fall dead. Yeah. And then I can drag their body to and, like, hide it somewhere. And that body stays there. Yeah. And... The, th the thing goes, is like if I pick up a vase and I walk upstairs to a house or whatever, and I put it upstairs in the house, no matter how many times I well, die. Well, hold on. Again, I will say this. The body stays there temporarily. Bodies are the bodies one, disappear. Bodies are the one thing that they make disappear because otherwise. Only after three think about, days. Think about how much or, killing you do. If bodies yeah. did not disappear, you would have a mound of bodies. Is it three in game? Well, no, yeah. Not only that, but there was a uh, duplicate glitch in Oblivion where I could. It's like when you fire an arrow and you go click something on your inventory and then it yeah. duplicates the item. And I had like a thousand sure. apples sitting in Shaden Hall and I couldn't go to Shaden Hall because it, it crashed my game. <laughs> You, you remember um, people doing the, and this is a quick tangent, I guess, but you remember people doing on PC the console control for spawning like 3,000 cheese rolls all at once on a mountainside, just letting them roll down that the side Skyrim, of the mountain? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Said, oh, did I say Oblivion? Well, I'm talking about Oblivion yeah. specifically right now. Yeah, but I was just saying Skyrim, that okay. was just a funny example of why these games are so crazy in their own way. And now, one thing that he says, actually, did you want to say anything else? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm just saying that, like, I do agree with them that there are certainly things, like, when these games come out, up until this generation, you could argue that Skyrim itself, Oblivion, Morrowind, when these games come out, they are way ahead at the curve despite having flaws and bugs in them. Yep. Now, I would say Fallout 4 
kind of started the downfall in a way because Fallout 4 didn't really do a whole lot that, first of all, the other series hadn't done, but second of all, that was not on top of its curve at the time that it came out. Um, so that, it's Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say. My general point was that there, it's not that their games aren't ahead of the curve, like you said. They it's, obviously were yeah, it's at just one point in time. Actually, now, I mean, part of why Morrowind was so amazingly received is that Morrowind was insanely different. Now, the, there's Elder Scrolls fans in general are split on Morrowind anyway, but Morrowind, for what it was aiming to do, was so different than anything else that had came before it, and then nobody had copied that or even gotten close to it by the time that Oblivion came out, and then still nobody got close to it by the time that we saw Skyrim come out. Now, that's specifically speaking Elder Scrolls. That's not even counting in Fallout 3 or New Vegas, which was not a Bethesda-made game, but it was a Bethesda well, clone of a game. New Vegas specifically yeah that's what yeah, i mean Fall through we said Fall through and new vegas yeah sorry new vegas so just, was well, obsidian clear that up yeah but it was for bethesda and on outer Bethesda's worlds, engine. which looks fantastic it does uh, um so i mean in in that sense yeah you're, you're right up until skyrim and even with skyrim on the ps3 and xbox 360 there was no game i really i'd even say on pc there were no other games that were not made from bethesda game studios that did anything technologically close to what they did now what that what the I would, problem i was, would say that depending on the context that we're talking about because crisis the original crisis everybody goes back to that for that, details sake yeah for details sake that would be one comparable game i still don't think it outclasses it so and i still it think and it still doesn't do the same stuff like he's talking about there's still not this level of picking everything right. up in the world everything in the world is immersive i mean obviously not trees or something but if you walk into a house and you see a cup sitting on that table you can pick that cup up which is interesting too because if you pick it up and you don't place it in your inventory it still counts as theft yeah so it's uh, it's like i was just picturing in my head this is me just like picking up an item even though it doesn't use now if Elder Scrolls Six has where I actually reached out and picked it up and like examined it, walked around with it, but I didn't equip it or nothing. Like I could drop it on the ground and pull my sword out if I needed to drop it. That would be dope. That would be dope. I don't know if that'll ever do that. I don't know. If we, I don't know if that's within the future of any games right now. I, doubt I think it. that's where I'd want to see them go. Take their take what we've already seen to the next logical level, which is take it's obviously the same mechanic but then push it to a point where it feels new because of the fact it's like oh well you're genuinely interacting with the items right like you're physically picking them up which in skyrim skyrim vr you can't it's not like that no, now i know that but i'm that just saying, game i showed you or that game i meant to show you did you look up the video for it last one that vr yeah, game is coming um, out where you can actually physically pick up a pipe and then yeah. put it to your mouth and smoke it and all these things um that's a cool level of immersion that would well, be well i was nice gonna say to in, with staffs in skyrim vr if I like held my arm out and turned it, would I turn my staff? Yes. Okay. See, that's kind of cool. That was nice. Yeah. And I like that with swords as well. You could sit there and pull the sword around. You could do that with shield. You could like look Did at it. Did it have like the juddery motion that some VR games have when you do that? Or is it pretty smooth? It's pretty smooth. Okay. Yeah. Um, but see, and that's where we're getting at. I mean, I'd even go as far as to say Skyrim VR was the first VR game that did the level of immersion and style that you've seen in VR. It's not to say that Bethesda doesn't make games that have crazy likable qualities. They obviously do. Now, what Saul was getting at with this next-gen thing is that Fallout 4 was the beginning of the end to an extent. In terms of it was the beginning of them being seen in a far less positive light, yeah, they had a lot of PR hit against them for how bad Skyrim ran on PS3. Um, specifically, I mean, realistically, nobody had problems with Skyrim outside of the PS3 version being crazy, you know? Uh, but when you get into Fallout 4 territory and, and going into next-gen, Fallout 4 is the next time we saw Bethesda Game Studios on a current-gen console. Uh, and the problem with it was is that it came out after a game like The Witcher 3, right? And all games 
are going more open world to an extent. We've seen that a high level of open world games this generation. So already in that sense, Bethesda's being to a percent where used to Bethesda was one of the only people that did really open world games. Like, you know, not the only, but it was far less common. So when you saw them doing it, it was like, okay, that's nice. But now the more open world competition you see, and then you stack that on top of the fact that games like the Witcher three are also high fantasy yep. and are doing similar levels of detail, maybe in different areas. Um, which is crazy because it does start to look different for Bethesda. When you think about, it, they essentially had a monopoly on the first person to third person RPG genre in gaming, and then people were like, they had to do what a monopoly inspires, which is competition. Yep. Which in turn inspired everything that is coming out now. That is, you're seeing is like such as Outer Worlds, perfect example, which we know is going to be a higher quality and it's going to play better than Fallout 76. That's almost guaranteed. Like it's going to be hard to make a game at this point to not be able to do that, which. When you think and about we should it, say Fallout 76 at launch because we don't yeah, know. This could be who knows what Fallout 76 will play future. like yeah, at, this, you know, when Outer Worlds comes out. Three but. years in the future, somebody could be listening to this podcast and be like, oh man, they're talking about the game that runs at 4K 60 frames per second on my PS5 with 4K textures and dynamic lighting and HDR. Like, if that's three years in the future, hello there. <laughs> I need you to beam me up, Scotty. I need you to take me to this place now. All right. Anyway. No, don't. I'll be 30. Don't do that. So, oh, God. All right. So where were you going with that, though? Just, I'm just saying that it, it inspired competition, which now naturally the, is better than what they used to put out. And they can't top it right now. They haven't yeah. topped it right now. I'm yeah. not going to say can't. So one of LTB's statements that I do get his reasoning behind saying it, and I get a lot of people's reasoning behind saying it. If And I even can understand why some people would agree once you frame it this way. He says, why... This might be part of the reason why this level of what their games do, why they're not moving to a new engine. Now, I will say, when you look at what Bethesda's gun, the, the foundation engine or whatever it's called right now that they're running. Yeah, I think um, it's foundation engine. I, I could actually be confusing that with something else, but, uh, or the forge engine is what it is. I'm pretty sure. Um, the creation engine. There we go. There we go. Uh, the foundation engine is Rise of the Tomb Raider. Okay. I've seen that recently. All right, so the creation engine, Bethesda's, this was already, this was Skyrim, and then we saw it again with uh, Fallout uh, Fallout 4, and now we see it again with Fallout 76. Now, it's not obviously the exact same engine it was when it was being made with Skyrim. A lot of changes have been happening, but it's still the same basic foundation. Now, here's the thing about creation engine. The creation engine was realistically just an evolution of the tool set they used during the Gamebryo days when they were using Gamebryo as their engine for Morrowind and uh, Oblivion and then all the way up until Skyrim. So when you look at it in that sense, Bethesda have essentially been making games on the same idea, the same essential tool sets as they always have, which is crazy. Cause I just looked it up. Fallout or Grand Theft Auto 4 and 5 are the same game engine. Yeah. That's the Rockstar proprietary game, engine. Yeah, game engines can Rage. be really pushed. Yeah, well, they can. Uh, it's just like you see the quality that, I mean, and like some people may argue like 4 versus 5 in terms of Grand Theft Auto, there is, there's, you're going to have your preferences, but there's notable technological advances in 5 that 4 yeah, could not make. Because an engine is not this. 
and I think most people obviously know this, but an engine is not a flat, singular, you release it, you build it, and then you're done. Yeah, it's it's a very modular... It, invo- it evolves as the game evolves. So the way an engine works from day one when you start making your game on it, is completely from the time that you finish that game, is already different. a different engine. Yeah. Um, now you keep pushing that, and then you do a new game, and you go, well, in this game, we want to do this. So we're going to update the way the engine handles lighting and the way the engine handles textures yeah, I was blah, just, blah, blah. I was just, I was pointing out that the fact that Bethesda had been using the same engine and not utilizing it as much as Grand Theft Auto or Rockstar has been utilizing. And I think fair enough was Red Dead 2 Rage. Yes. That's ridiculous. Uh, that can okay, so that shows you there how well some developers can can completely utilize a game engine and how some can't. Check that. Yeah, fact check. I I'm, I remember I was reading it. I think yep. about it. Yeah. Rockstar Advanced I knew it Game was. Engine. Rage. So and look, another example we'll give just, and then it will be the last one, um, is uh, The Last of Us, right? The Last of Us was a newer engine, essentially. Which was also... Um, and that was the same engine. Atari 3, right? Yeah, I'm fairly positive. Anyway, that same engine, I know this without a fact, or without a doubt, The Last of Us's engine, whatever it was, and I think it was the same as Uncharted 3, is the same engine that they used to make Uncharted 4 and the same engine that they are currently using to yeah. make The Last of Us 2. What is that called? Now look at how big the difference between The Last of Us 2 is now, just uh, versus The Last of Us. the difference between Uncharted 4 and the amount of detail in that game compared to the amount of detail and, and physics and stuff in, in Last The Last of Us. Of Us yeah. yeah, and it's somebody who's obviously... I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a public engine. See, oh. no, it's not. It's, it's an in-house engine, but well, they no, still I'm, normally I mean like publicly known. Yeah, a completely overhauled engine. So yeah. still same engine being pushed to its, you know, being pushed and pushed and pushed. So I think that's where you so find a lot of these. l is right in the sense of, yeah, they're not changing engines. But I get why when you're a company like Bethesda that has always been known for having games that were kind of fishy, but then also coming out, like you said, with competition and having competition that games are not this buggy and glitchy and pushing that along it does mean a lot more because we did actually see that the engine for the creation engine was a new engine and it was notably better than oblivion when it came out in skyrim so at that moment it's like oh this is cool and then the moment that fallout 4 came out and it looked a little rough people like whatever it's still the same engine it's just an older engine that's what people kind of went pushed yeah it said it starts people see so much negative involved with the same engine that I do think that there was a reason that people had so much backlash to Bethesda announcing that they were going to keep the same engine from Skyrim, from Skyrim, which is again, that's not crazy. Like you said, it's Grand not. Theft Auto four, Grand yeah. Theft Auto four came out in what? Oh, yeah. 2008 or seven. Okay. So let's say, Oh, like seven. Uh, and I think 2010 was red dead. Right. And then we have red and we had Grand Theft Auto five in 2013. If I remember right. Yeah, I think 2013 or 2013. So anyway, you're seeing uh, this engine's obviously already over 10 years old, just like the creation engine is. Um, there's no reason that Sky or that uh, Starfield should have any problems or, you know, because that's the next real game coming up from them. There's no reason that Starfield should have problems just by looking at the date of the engine. The reason that people are so worried about it, and I think less so for Starfield than Elder Scrolls Six, because what we know about Starfield is that Starfield's been in development. It's been rumored for a long time and then finally announced for development. We know it's been in development. It would make most sense that that game being in development means it had to be in development under the same engine or at least working on a new engine. So them announcing it's the same engine for that game, not it, as crazy in people's minds, I think. It doesn't as, always make it a bad thing. Exactly, as I think people being overly reacted to the fact that they feel like this same engine that's been shown time and again, at least on current-gen consoles, to not really be a great engine yeah. is being used for a game that's not even in development yet for next-gen consoles. It's just crazy. Delta Scroll 6. Yeah, it's crazy when you think about it that, that, that you compare the things together, such as Oblivion having the same engine as... Starfield, or I'm just going to say Fallout 76 since it's out, Oblivion has the same engine 
and well, so- I, that that that's not quite fair because Oblivion is Gamebryo. Oh wait, no, my bad. Skyrim. I don't know why I said Skyrim, Oblivion. Yeah, yeah, Skyrim. But even then, Gamebryo and most of what made Gamebryo work did move up into the Skyrim engine. Right. So, I mean, so it's, it's modifications of mo- like the the modularity of the same engine, though. Yeah. Uh, but it's the same thing as the Grand Theft Auto Four having the same engine as Red Dead Two. Yeah, but I think it what just, it was it that you- Gamebryo was not their engine. And that, you actually might be right, but I thought it. Yeah, it was not their engine. Yeah, uh, but that, that's what they used, and then from there they took most of the tools they had built up around Gamebryo and, and then created moved their and, own and made for, creation. Well, so yeah, and well, creation premiered in what was their first game they premiered in? Skyrim. Skyrim. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that just shows you the utilization of their engines among developers, and how in ten years you can have a game path such as Skyrim to seventy six that you do have from fallout 4 to red dead now granted there's only been from you mean grand theft auto 4 you said fallout 4 but yeah i got you yeah grand theft auto 4 there's only been three games made by rockstar technically on that game engine that are new because you had four five red or four red Red dead Dead, and then red dead 2 yeah four so four so yeah so it's actually the same amount of games and actually you know what i don't i don't even think it's four uh because i'm fairly positive that the max Payne engine Oh, was I forgot about Max Payne. Yeah, Rockstar Advanced Gaming. Yeah, so, so yeah. it's kind of interesting when you see like how game developers utilize. And which, I would even be curious to see if the Midnight Club. LA, I don't think so. That would be so very surprising. Yep. Wow. That's what I thought. I mean, if it's a Rockstar game coming from Grand Theft Auto 4, after Grand Theft Auto 4, it used this engine. Yeah, that's nuts. So Now, here's the real question. I don't think so, because it was a little bit differently done, and it wasn't developed by uh, well, while Rockstar. You check that, uh, no, that, that definitely has the same engine. None of that. I'm like 100% sure to that. Just, Custom engine. Is it really? Yep. Oh, so LA Nor was the game we're talking about. Uh-huh. That's crazy. Yeah, unlike other games developed by Rockstar, which run on theirs, uh, because it wasn't developed by Rockstar. It's just some of the animations of that game are, are very similar. St- I would say stiff. Yeah, like some of the like some like Rockstar charm. Sure. But, anyways, I guess we'll we'll leave it here with you guys. Uh, in terms of a question, we'll answer a question on both topics. What do you guys think Fallout seventy six going free to play? Do you think first of all, do you think it's going to happen? Second of all, what do you think if it does happen? And then, in terms of the Bethesda topic, do you think that um, do you think that you kind of fall in line with us? And does it make sense that Bethesda at one point was the top dog and now they're not? Or do you think that they've always kind of had it easy and and thought that well maybe it's just unfair to call them as high quality as you think? Or flip side, do you think Bethesda is still somehow top dog? Because I'd be very interested to hear that argument. I'm yeah. not even going to say you're wrong. I'd be very interested to hear that argument because i think it's clear enough that they if even if you consider them to be still top dogs somehow some way that i don't necessarily know that i understand i think it's obvious to see that regardless they have fallen from what they could have been to an extent and they've always had problems but they've always had this charm and even with the problems with skyrim on ps3 most people still forgave them for it yeah. because it was like but but it's a bethesda game it's the only game like this and they're slowly losing that that's true so uh so why don't you guys let us know in the comments twitter facebook discord all of the above and uh we'll see you guys back for episode 96 yep see you next week thank Thank you. you guys thanks to our patrons uh chad v dan barber josh jarrell mikey 12 my name is dan douglas below sean santarude shadowist steven salazar the stonard Travis below, Blake Popes, and Eduardo Palomino. If you would like to support us, the link is in the description below. Thank you. Thank you.